Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Welcome, friends, to another r slash am I the jerk video. Hopefully, I'm not the jerk for asking, but could you hit those like and subscribe buttons down below? That said, our first story of the day is by throwaway, uh, mother-in-law. Am I the jerk for making my mother-in-law depressed because I made my husband do chores? Just for the sake of what happened, my husband and I had gotten married on December last year. My mother-in-law is a very overtly conservative woman. I don't blame her, but yeah, that's just how she is. Anyways, me and my husband just officially moved to a small but conducive house. So I invited my mother-in-law and father-in-law for a two-day stayover so they could spend time with us and explore the new house and area. She did have a lot of complaints on the way things were arranged and the decor of the house, but I just played along and assured her that we'll be changing it once we're settled in. During lunch, my husband was the one preparing the food, and this obviously enraged my mother-in-law. She kept insinuating throughout the whole lunch, saying, I can teach you some cooking. It's a bad omen to make your husband cook. What the freak? I obviously do know how to cook. In fact, once I come back from work, I'm the one preparing dinner for both me and my husband and taking care of the undone chores. When my husband was sweeping while she stayed over, she rushed to him as though he was a kid playing with fire or something and started sweeping for him. Every minor chore he would do within the time she stayed over, she would either glare me down till I took over or she would snidely tell him, ask her to do it. Three days or so if I'm not wrong after they left, She called me in the afternoon, saying that it really hurt her to see her son doing the chores. Except, he wasn't, and I was doing the laundry, him and mine, cooking dinner, and the whole pre-cleaning to arrange their guest rooms and tidy the place was also done by me. I would only request my husband if he could help, if he was free, or sometimes he would take his own initiative in doing it. She said she was feeling depressed for days because he was brought up never having to do house chores at his own house, and seeing me make him do chores is breaking her heart. Is it so wrong to make my husband do chores while his parents were over? I never thought it would be a big deal, but now I'm unsure. Is it an unspoken rule that we shouldn't let our partners do chores when their parents are over? Am I the jerk here, or am I just tripping over this lame issue? I think OP's definitely the jerk and we should revert back to 1950s America where the wife does everything. In all seriousness, I think OP's definitely not the jerk. And very obviously, their mother-in-law has a certain concept of how the way things should work that I feel like most of us nowadays would not necessarily agree with. If you found yourself in a similar situation, do you think telling the mother-in-law get over yourself is the right way to go? Like be frank with it? Or just try to ignore it and hope that she gets over it? Let me know what you guys think in the comments down below. Our next story is by an anonymous poster. Am I the jerk for not sharing my water with boyfriend while on a hike? For context, I'm a grad student and an avid hiker. My boyfriend, who I met on campus, is also a grad student pursuing a different field. We both live in the same city, but I've lived here for half of my life while my boyfriend moved here last August to pursue his degree. To put it plainly, we live in the desert. Spring just began and temperatures have already been hitting 90 degrees Fahrenheit, 32.2 degrees Celsius, 
However, I've grown accustomed to the weather and take all the precautionary measures when going outside, especially to hike. My boyfriend's from the East Coast and also claims the title of an avid hiker. He caught the tail end of the summer and admitted to spending the majority of that time either at his apartment or at school. Because he never actually hiked in the heat, I reminded him to start drinking more water to prepare for the hotter days. For some reason, my comment has struck a chord with him and he became visibly upset. He said, I've been hiking before and I'm a former Eagle Scout. You don't need to condescend me about drinking water. I can survive in the wild. Hurt by his comment? I never brought up the topic of water again. Yesterday, we decided to finally do a longer hike in the mountains. He had done research and wanted to do one of the more popular hikes in the city. Now, I've done this hike before. I know how grueling it can be, especially in the heat. Because of a pre-scheduled Zoom meeting, I decided to meet my boyfriend at the trailhead. I arrive equipped with my day pack, 3 liter bladder, and then some water bottles for good measure. He only has one 24 ounce bottle and nothing else. Knowing how sensitive he is about water, I decide to not say anything. About 3 hours in, I notice his water bottle is empty. Since we aren't even at the peak, I spare the extra water bottles that I packed. Once we finally make it to the peak, I realize that the water bottles I gave him are empty as well. I think nothing of it and think he's just gonna have to suffer in silence. The hike down is about 2 hours down and I'm down to 1 liter of water left in my bladder. I know that this is enough to keep me hydrated and comfortable for the descent. But as soon as we set off, I feel the nozzle of the bladder get caught on something, thinking it was stuck on fauna or a cactus. I turn around, and to my surprise, I find my boyfriend trying to steal sips of my water. I'm instantly angry that he would try and steal my water after giving so much grief about it. I snatch the nozzle out of his hand and retort, I thought Eagle Scouts could survive in the wild. He became angry and hiked ahead. By the time I got back to the trailhead, he had driven off. He hasn't texted me since the incident, and now I can't help but wonder if I'm the jerk. I'm kind of struggling with this one. I feel like what OP did was a little petty as far as the comment. I'm gonna say that everybody in this story is a jerk because it just seems like there's a fundamental communication issue where like they can't get over themselves or their insecurities and it just leads to a spat that honestly didn't need to happen from either side. Would you guys agree with me or is OP totally not the jerk? This next story is by DCVBRGVTRV. Am I the jerk for still feeding my daughter meat even though her mom is a vegan? Me and my ex-wife share custody of our 10-year-old daughter. My ex-wife has my daughter two weeks, then me two weeks. My ex-wife has been a vegan for a few months and has recently been telling me to stop feeding my daughter meat or stop picking her up. Me and now my wife have two kids together and she makes the majority of the meals we eat. When my daughter's here, she eats what everyone else does. Most meals have meat included. Last time my daughter was here and I dropped her off, my ex-wife called me cussing me out because my daughter's poo looked different because of the meat. I told her I'm not going to make a whole new meal just for our daughter to eat because her mom is a vegan. My wife makes perfectly good dinners for us. Her and her mother are now attacking me and I just want to know if I'm wrong. My wife likes to stay out of these things because of previous drama, so I just need a person who doesn't know us. Am I the jerk? I think OP is definitely not the jerk. It's one thing if the parents of a kid decide to make a certain decision regarding a diet one way or the other. It's a different thing when one parent is separated from the other and one has a strong belief this way and the other has a strong belief that way. 
The problem is, neither of them are necessarily wrong. They both have a right to parent their kid the way they want to parent them, and that includes whatever they feed to keep them alive. Also, can we all agree that this mom investigating their daughter's stool is really, really weird? Our next story is by Al Muddy Mudrin. Am I the jerk for not giving my nephew back to his mother? I, 36-year-old male, have a 7-year-old nephew, Jerry, from my brother, who I'm raising with my wife, Alex, with an A, 36-year-old female. For context, my brother passed five years ago in a car crash. My sister-in-law, Erica, my brother's wife, was a complete mess. One day, a week after my brother's funeral, she showed up at my door and gave me Jerry and told me to watch him for a while. I did with the help of Alex. Then, Erica pulled a Houdini on us and vanished. We tried to get in touch, but nothing worked. So after some time, we took a legal approach and have adopted Jerry, which Alex and I refer to as our son. Now the issue, Erica has returned, and she came to my house and asked if she can take Jerry back as she's done grieving. Alex is pregnant, so I walked over and told her we refuse. She gets angry, telling us that she's Jerry's mother and that she'll take him back. I asked her to try it as we've adopted him. Erica rages, saying that's illegal, but I say that the courts won't side with a woman who drops her son at her brother-in-law's house and stays away for five years. She flees but tells me that this isn't over. She must have gotten some of the people she knew while she vanished and had them harass me over my choice to keep her son. Am I the jerk? I definitely don't think OP's the jerk in this situation. While Erica is their mother, they literally dipped on their kid when they were two years old for half a decade. You don't just do that to a kid, then pop back up five years later and go, alright, I'm finally back to pick my kid up from the daycare. It doesn't work like that. Also, I was saying the wife's name is Alex with an A because of the smart assistance. Just to clarify, this next story is by Afraid of Downvotes Zero. Am I the jerk for getting mad at my girlfriend for cleaning the house? I had planned a dinner date for us, late 20s to early 30s, at an expensive and hard to reserve restaurant last week. My girlfriend works from home and I don't. She finishes work at 6 p.m. The night before and on the morning of, I told her that I'd be back at about 6.30 p.m. to shower and change and to please be ready by 6.55 p.m. as we need to leave at 7. When I got home at 6.30 p.m., she wasn't getting ready and was just using her phone. I didn't make a big deal as she's an adult and can manage her own time, so I just gently reminded her that we were leaving at 7 and she acknowledged. After showering and changing, I noticed that my girlfriend still hadn't gotten changed and it was already 6.50 p.m. Instead, she was vacuuming the house. I was dumbfounded and reminded her that we're leaving in 10 minutes. And again, she acknowledged, but she still continued to vacuum until she noticed that I was getting upset. She finally went to get dressed, and by the time we left home, it was approximately 7.10pm. We ended up being late for our reservation. I would like to seek judgment on whether I'm the jerk for being mad because she started acting sad when I got mad, and even my mom thinks I'm the jerk. On a side note, at no point did I raise my voice or demean her. I think OP is definitely not the jerk. I'm wondering if the girlfriend in this situation didn't really care about the dinner date? Like, if they weren't impressed or it wasn't really something they were looking forward to? But overall, OP is definitely not a jerk for acting the way they did, especially considering the girlfriend didn't seem to protest or have any issue, at least outwardly, about the dinner date. 
I think it's understandable for anybody to get upset when there's literally 25 minutes before you have to leave and you watch somebody just not get ready at all until literally not even the last minute it's already too late. Our next story is by SwimmingBird5149. Am I the jerk for exposing my sister's relationship secrets at her birthday after she tried to slut shame me? So my sister takes huge pride in being a virgin, which of course is amazing for her. We were not raised in a religious family, and our parents don't care, so this is all her pure beliefs as to why she wants to wait until she's married. She's very judgmental, so I kept my sex life to myself around her. In a twisted turn of events, I ended up getting pregnant just two months after my IUD, and being pregnant caused my sister to dislike me even more and shame me more for having sex, and telling me she hopes the father would leave me a single mom to teach me a lesson about having casual sex. Safe to say, I cut her off during my pregnancy, but she begged and apologized her way back after my son was born, and we became cordial again. My sister has a boyfriend she's been with since she was a junior in high school. She's now 21 and I'm 22. She always boasted to me about how they're waiting till they're married and how their relationship's built on trust and actual love and not lust and blah blah. To my surprise, a few weeks ago, my old coworker who I worked with when I was pregnant and who I had confided in about my drama with my sister, cutting her off at the time, calls me and tells me that my sister's boyfriend messaged her on Tinder. She sent me proof of his profile with a fake name and one blurry mirror picture, clearly him, and in the message he said that his girlfriend knows that he has one just to hook up because my coworker told him she knows me but then he unmatched her. Luckily she had taken screenshots. To add on to my shock, she told me she found my sister's page through mine and had already messaged her and my sister blocked her immediately. I didn't say anything until her birthday recently. She was having it in the basement of our home and it was a small get together and just family and her boyfriend. She has no friends, surprise surprise. At the very end of the party, my son woke up so I went to get him and brought him downstairs. My little cousins were playing with him saying he's so cute and my sister goes, aw he is so cute he looks just like his daddy. Wait OP, which one of the 10 guys is his daddy? And her and her boyfriend start dying of laughter. Everyone went quiet. I was so embarrassed. I then said, his name is Trevor and I met him on Tinder. His girlfriend doesn't care that he sleeps with other girls. I think you know him. And smirked at her and her boyfriend. I thought they'd be embarrassed and leave it at that without exposing themselves. But my sister started screaming that I'm a witch and to get the freak out of her party. I went up to my room with my son and that was that. My little cousins put two and two together and made a tinder just to find the profile and they showed my sister downstairs, who I could hear shrieking and kicking everyone out. My parents don't even care about her joke, they're saying I'm the jerk. Was it mean to air her dirty laundry out like that? Yeah. Did she deserve it? Yeah. I'm not going to mark OP down as the jerk when their sister was treating them like that. If anything though, I guess you could argue that both sides are jerks. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you? If people send you the same generic conversation starters, they message everyone else. Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. 
Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. This next story is by Cookies for Me. Hehe. <laughs> Am I the jerk for not eating my meal at my cousin's wedding because my dad changed my selection? Several years ago, my grandparents had a 50th anniversary party. It was set up kind of like a wedding reception, so we had a choice for the meal. The options were two different German foods and steak. I was like 16, so I chose steak. Then at the actual event, someone couldn't come and the orders were mixed up and I ended up with a pickle wrapped in meat. Everyone insisted that that was what I picked, so I tried it but then gave it to my dad because I didn't like it. Later, they realized that I ended up with a person that couldn't come's food. No big deal. Well, since then, this has become a joke with my family. They've done it two to three times since, whenever there's a wedding or event with food selections. When my grandma was alive, she yelled at my dad for it since he's the instigator. I'm not sure if he's doing it to get two meals or to be annoying, make me mad, or what the deal is. My cousin got married Saturday. A few weeks ago, they sent out cards to pick our meal. They sent all of ours, dad's, mine, sister's, to my dad's house with one return envelope. The options were steak, chicken, or stuffed portobello mushrooms. I selected steak and specifically told my dad to just let me have a darn steak instead of messing with it. He said, I won't write anything on your card. Then fast forward to Saturday. Everything's going well. Wedding is nice. We sit down to dinner and they give me mushrooms stuffed with vegetarian pilaf. I said, there must be a mistake. I selected the beef. Server said that the star in my place card meant I ordered vegetarian. I looked at my dad and he laughed and said, I called Natalie after we sent our cards and told her you became a vegetarian and wanted to change your choice. My sister was there and said, dad, don't you think that's getting old? I said, you said you wouldn't mess with it. He said, no, I said I wouldn't write on your card. I didn't. I called her. Now you have to eat mushrooms, ha ha. I said, no, I don't. Some time passed and my dad said, seriously, you're not even going to try it? They're just mushrooms. They won't hurt you. I shook my head. I hate mushrooms and I'm sick of this joke. I sat there till other people started getting up. Then I got up and went by the bar and had a beer and avoided my dad till I left. My sister later said that I should have at least tried a little. It was kind of rude to just leave a whole plate of food sitting there. She said I could have had some of the rice stuff, but for all I know, there were mushrooms in the pilaf too. Honestly, this makes me not want to go to any more family events with a meal. Am I the jerk for not eating any of my food during the wedding? Honestly, I know people who would have done a similar thing, but the people I know probably wouldn't have taken it that far. I think OP's definitely not the jerk. And frankly, if it was me in that situation, and this is like the second, third, fourth time... I would literally pick up the plate, drop it down in front of the dad and say, here, you ordered this. And honestly, if they're going to like keep making a joke of it, I might straight up just get up and walk out. Like I know it's rude to the bride and groom, but like a message needs to be sent here that they need to knock it off. If that was my dad and they did that to me like that, I would literally start freezing my dad out. I would become cold and like soulless to them. Apologize and own up to it or I'm done with you. 
This next story is by Spring Emotional 3918. Am I the jerk for having a vulgar and unprofessional nickname? I work in a hospital around six to seven other guys in my department, along with the chief of our department. A part of our workplace culture, which I frankly find cool, is to have nicknames at work. Our nicknames are pretty much interchangeable with our actual names. Say, my name's John, but sometimes they'll say, hey, involve nickname in this case too. Or say, hey John, how's your weekend? And I respond, boring nickname, what about yours? The nicknames aren't anything offensive at all, by the way. Here's the rundown. We've got Speedy, who got her nickname because we saw her sprint once and she's insanely fast. Archer, a former archery champion. Seer, because she's super into divination. Snowborn, because she's never cold. The Chief, whose nickname is The King. The story of The King is actually pretty cool, to be honest. He was the youngest ever chief of any department, and one of the older folk called him the Boy King. He's definitely not a boy now, so he's just the king. My nickname is the Gravewalker. Reason being, I work the graveyard, middle of the night shift most of the time. I love it. The hospital's nice and quiet, and the only patients that come in are real cases that genuinely need help. I also have some scars which contributed to the bad-to-the-bone nickname according to the chief. Personally, I think the nicknames are great, as do the rest of us, because it's brought us all a little bit closer, and frankly, my nickname's cool. Call me immature, but we work dead serious jobs, and we need a little bit of humor and fun sometimes. A new girl joined us, and she was very against nicknames. She found out when someone said, hey, involve the Gravewalker in this case, he's experienced with this, and she found me scary to approach because of that name. She now refuses to call anyone by the nickname, and if I reference someone by the nickname, she used to just flat out ignore me. The chief had a chat with her about respecting the workplace culture and how she needs to integrate better. So instead, she came after me, yelling at me about how my nickname is vulgar, unprofessional, and I should have denied it when they gave it to me. She told me to talk to everyone, but make it seem like it came from me so she doesn't get into trouble. If it's relevant, we haven't given her a nickname yet, and now we try to reference each other's names when talking to her. I also told her to go freak herself when she came yelling, and she looked like she was about to faint. Am I the jerk? I think this whole dynamic that they got here is really cool, and I think it's great for camaraderie. I don't think OP's a jerk, though I do kind of feel like if somebody doesn't want to participate necessarily in that, that they shouldn't have to. But there's definitely a difference between choosing to opt out of that and straight up arguing and yelling at you that your name sucks and that you should try to get it changed or stop using it. If you don't want to use them, you don't want to hear them, that's fine. People can kind of work around that. But flipping your lid at people about it, especially in private and trying to tell them to go themselves and change it, that's not going to fly. What do you guys think? Are the nicknames just a bit much anyways? Our next story is by Substantial Hyena 6800 Am I the jerk for getting upset at my boyfriend for posting pictures of himself and his sister when they went on a road trip together? I'm 25-year-old female. My boyfriend, 25-year-old male, of one and a half years, went on a road trip with his sister, 27-year-old female, I think, this past week. And while I wanted to go as well, I knew it wasn't in my rights to force them to take me, so I said nothing. However, my boyfriend and his sister posted a lot of pictures on our social media of their experiences in the road trip. There's some really weird pictures though. Most notably, one of the pictures show my boyfriend's sister kissing him on the cheek, and some other photos show her with her arm around his neck. I feel like many may interpret them as a couple rather than a sister-brother relationship. When my boyfriend got back yesterday, 
I got pissed at him and asked him about the photos. He said that I was being weird, but I pressed on for a couple of times, and he got pissed and called me a pervert. He hasn't called or texted me since. Am I the jerk? I mean, I feel like the pictures were kind of weird. I think OP is the jerk in this situation. The problem is people grow up with different comfort levels of affection. Your sister giving you a kiss on the cheek in a photo is not, I don't know, I guess sexual in the way that OP is trying to suggest it to be. And an arm around their neck? If you're close with your sibling, that's nothing. I guess they're worried about the optics where everybody on social media is going to be like, oh, you're such a cute couple, because they don't know. But like, does that mean you can't take affectionate photos with your sister anymore because people might confuse you? I hope OP cools down and realizes what they did. This next story is by Chaco Hearts. Am I the jerk for refusing to tell my ex or my family where my son is? My son is three. While I was pregnant, my ex made it clear he wanted no involvement in his life, and we got divorced over it. I moved away shortly after because nobody was supportive, and I felt like my family resented my son and blamed him for my failed marriage. My ex is on the birth certificate, and he does contribute financially, but he's never wanted to see our son. After our son was born, his lawyer contacted me to arrange the finances. He told me my ex would prefer if I stayed where I was, i.e. far away from him, and that me or my son don't cause any disturbance in his life. If I needed anything, I was supposed to contact his lawyer who would handle it. The one time we ended up in the same place, he wouldn't even look at our son. So this whole situation came as a surprise to me. My brother contacted me after years of no contact to tell me our dad was ill and in the hospital. He said he wanted to see me and made it seem like he didn't have much time to live. I don't know why, but I had a bad feeling, so while I did go, I asked an old friend who lived nearby to watch my son while I went to see my dad. My dad was sick, but it wasn't nearly as bad as my brother made it seem. I visited three times, each time I left my son with my friend. On the second visit, my parents asked me to bring my son with me the next time because they wanted to meet him. I never took him with me because I just didn't feel right, and I'm glad I didn't because my ex was there. We ended up having a fight because he wanted his son and was angry I hadn't brought him with me. He wanted me to tell him where my son was and got angrier when I wouldn't. My family sided with him, and they all tried to convince me to tell him because, as the father, they felt he deserved to know. Am I the jerk? Absolutely not the jerk, and if I was OP, I would immediately begin distancing myself from all of them, and in my opinion, if OP's ex wants to see their kid, they should have to arrange it through legal means. I would not give any information to them. I don't know what they're planning, but that whole behavior is really weird. Our next story is by Throw AITA Packed Lunch. Am I the jerk for not wanting to pack lunches for my husband's colleagues? To start off, I love cooking. And since me and my husband had gotten married earlier this year, one of my ways of expressing affection towards him is by making packed lunches. I also try out different cuisines every week or so depending on how I feel. I usually wake up quite early to prepare his lunches because I also work full time. Getting to the point, my husband's colleagues eventually started taking notice. And my husband capitalized on that opportunity because one of them is a manager and my husband was finding a way to coax him in hopes of getting a better position at work. However, the problem arises when, without my permission, he went ahead and spoke on my behalf that I will pack lunches for them too. When he came back home and told me, I was quite disappointed, because even though I love making lunches for him, 
For his colleagues, people I don't even know, it seemed exhausting. Moreover, it's not just for one person, which he initially had me believe, but rather five of his colleagues. I tried it out for one day to make my husband happy. I had to wake up at 3.30ish that day because my own work starts at 8. I was almost late for work and had to rush through everything. It was not a pleasant experience. Long story short, however, that day I made Thai-packed lunches. I made green curry, tom yum flavored wings, prawn fritters, and Thai fried rice, and they all enjoyed it. Now my husband's thinking of making it a weekly thing where every week I make a different cuisine for them for any one of the weekdays. Although that may seem easy, I don't want to do it anymore. I do like sharing the food that I make, but I don't want it to feel like a chore. My husband, however, thinks that I'm the jerk because he mentions that it's only once per week and that I'm just being lazy. While he's not wrong, I am lazy, but I also just don't want to make food for his colleagues. The lunches I make are for my husband to enjoy. For some reason, my husband thinks I'm being unreasonable and that I don't support him because by me doing this, he believes they'll be more inclined to give him a raise or a promotion or even a recommendation at work. I just find it pretentious that he has to depend on the food I make for a promotion. I'm sure he can get a promotion by his own merit because he's a very smart and accomplished man himself. I feel kind of torn between the idea of whether to continue making lunches only for him or whether I should take that extra effort and make one once every week for his colleagues too. Besides, the money to make these lunches, even if only once a week, comes from my pocket too, which still, if we add all four times in a month, would be a fair too much just for food. I feel for OP, and they're definitely not the jerk here. It's just completely unfair on them for their husband to burden them like this. And anybody who's getting up at 3.30 in the morning just to make their husband happy by making them and their colleagues lunches is not a lazy person. I hope OP along with their husband can figure out a solution that doesn't make the husband totally upset and makes OP happy. And our final story of the day is by AITA Baby City. Am I the jerk for telling my mom I won't babysit her children plus leaving them unsupervised? I'm 16 year old female. My mom and I have always had a rocky relationship. She remarried when I was six and always put her new husband and kids above me. I have four younger half-siblings, 10-year-old male, 6-year-old female, 4-year-old male, and 1-year-old male. The older three are all autistic, with the youngest already showing signs. He's almost two and due to get assessed soon. Apparently it's my stepdad's age? He's almost 60. Old guys make more autistic kids, I guess? Anyway, he works a lot, and so my mom is the main parent. Recently, she started working again and expects me to babysit all the time. She's guilted me in the past, telling me it's part of being a family and it's my duty as their older sister. I'm over it. Last week, she did the same thing. Guilted me over it, asked me what she was supposed to do if I wouldn't babysit. I told her I wasn't her live-in babysitter and she could hire one if need be, but I'm not gonna do it. She called me ungrateful. Anyway, day before last, I woke up to a note saying she'd been called into work and I had to stay with the kids. I got annoyed, packed up my things, and left, leaving all four kids. They were still asleep, so I didn't think it was too dangerous. I sent her a message saying I wasn't staying and she better get someone to drop by soon. She wound up having to leave work and got into a decent amount of trouble over it. I've since been staying with my dad and his brother, who both say that I was in the right. Dad said I should have called the cops for child abandonment, but I'm pretty sure that's too far. 
Mom told me she could lose her job over this. Important clients, I guess. I told her I didn't care. She should have made plans for her kids before she left. I know she's been really panicking about it, and my stepdad called and asked me to at least apologize to try and soothe her. I told him I wouldn't until she apologized for treating me like a nanny. Now I'm starting to regret my choices. I was mad in the moment, but a lot could have happened in the time I was gone. I'm feeling more guilty now, especially after my stepdad's call. So was I the jerk? Did I go too far? Should I apologize? The general sentiment, I would say OP's not the jerk, but I'm gonna say officially my ranking would be that everybody here is a jerk, only because the one time OP chose to protest this was an actual emergency situation. The one time OP chose to be a stickler and say I'm not sticking around anymore was the one time their mom actually had to go into work on short notice out of the blue. So in that one situation, leaving those kids there alone and just straight up leaving, that's that's the only reason. What do you guys think? Was OP the jerk? Was OP not the jerk? Was everybody jerks here? Let me know what you guys think. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. So of all these stories I've read today, which is your favorite and why? Let me know in the comments down below. And if you haven't yet, if you could like and subscribe, that would mean a lot to me. Whatever you do, whether it's liking, subscribing, turning notifications on, all of it helps grow this channel and I appreciate the heck out of it. So until next time, I'll see you all tomorrow with some more stories. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com